Hey, Carl here. Did you know that we reduced the Keto Fest VIP ticket price from $500 to $400? And did you know that we still have VIP tickets left? It's only $100 more than the actual Keto Fest two day pass. So if you're thinking about coming to Keto Fest, but you saw the early price and you didn't want to shell out an extra $200 for the VIP ticket, now you can get it for $100 off. So go to ketofest.com and let's get this party started. Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. Well, uh, I'm Carl Franklin from Connecticut, and I went keto in 2016 to reverse diabetes and lose weight. And it's my mission to spread the science of keto and to show the world how cooking is necessary for keto success. Oh, yeah, and uh, ribeye. Ribeye! Ribeye for the win. And I'm Carrie Brown, and I also live in Connecticut, but in a different part to Carl. I'm a trained pastry chef who went keto to control and eventually eliminate symptoms from bipolar 2 disorder and depression. I take no medications, and I have no symptoms, and it's my mission to show the world that keto food is not only delicious, but it can be better than any other kind of food. And this show is a document of our experiences thriving for years in nutritional ketosis. And also our experiences reversing diabetes and depression and feeling better than we ever have before. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Now, we don't give medical advice because we're not doctors. Right. We just want to share our experience and review the research that supports it. Oh, and dog fat. Dog fat. Yeah. We share our recipes and uh, any science that we find in the show notes. Yay for keto recipes. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's start podcast number 166, Intuitive Keto with Tara Finnerty. Now, before we get started, Carl, let's explain in plain English what a ketogenic diet is. Sure, that's any diet that puts you into a state of ketosis where you're burning fat for energy rather than glucose. And the way we did it was to limit our carbs to 20 grams or less per day, have a moderate amount of protein, one to one and a half grams per kilogram of lean body mass, and all our energy comes from fat. Fat? Fat. That's right, fat. And if you're just starting, listen to our starting keto show at start.2keto.com or just start listening from episode one of Two Keto Dudes. So, Carrie, what's new with you? Well, this week I drove two and a half thousand miles all the way from Connecticut to here in Salt Lake, and it was really, really, really cool. Driving is my nirvana, yeah. and I love doing it. And I stopped and met a lot of cool keto people on the way and had drank an awful lot of Breve Cappuccinos <laughs> in various states across the country and um, and had a really, really cool time. You did the same thing in Denver. Is it more because you don't like flying or you like meeting all these people along the way? I do. I, I, I love driving. And, um, but I also love the opportunity to meet keto people yeah. and to have coffee or dinner or whatever and just hang out and do meetups and do lives and kind of be fun. So I did that. And then yesterday, the fabulous Peter, people at Keto Chow who put on this event for us 
they took all of the speakers down to the Redmond Real Salt mine in Axtell, Utah, and it was the coolest thing. So if you're local here and you haven't done that, you, you need to go. It was super, super cool. They're here. If you haven't seen their booth, they have a booth here. And, um, and you guys were like hundreds of feet under we, the we ground, We were 500 right? feet underground, and you could literally lick the walls, <laughs> and it was delicious. <laughs> And so we were all there, 500 feet underground, with 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 hard hats on, like just breaking pieces off the wall and eating it. It was, um, but the, wow. the real salt people are absolutely fantastic. So that was my week. It was I, a great week. I hear you got to blow some things up too. <laughs> we did. We the, there was enough of us that they split the tour in two, and so while one set of us were. 500 feet under licking walls. The other <laughs> ones of us were blowing sticks of dynamite up with rifles. That's how they do it in Utah. Yeah. Let's shoot bullets at sticks of dynamite and blow them up. Awesome. It was super cool. And they also, what, what I didn't know about them was that they grow their own cows yeah. And they make raw milk, they make amazing cheese. So we had we had barbecued real salt cows for lunch and their own cheese and raw milk. I mean, the whole day was just brilliant. So if you ever get a chance to visit the real salt mine down in Axtell, I highly recommend you go. It was super cool. Very cool. So that was my week. I yeah. had a great week. Well, my week was pretty cool because I f I did a 3-day fast and Got my sugars way down, and I found that I can tolerate some kinds of cheese again. Woohoo! Yay, That's cheese! That's really good news because <laughs> I haven't had cheese in a long time. Uh, and yesterday, I was actually here, but I was working in my hotel room. It's sort of like crunch time for a software project that I'm working on. And uh, but it was cool. I went over to Target and I got some andouille and uh, some may some Dijon and some mayo and some you know some hot pepper relish. And uh, cooked that thing up in the microwave. Man, that was lunch. That was great lunch. And then, of course, I went to uh, Longhorn and got a nice ribeye, as we were mentioning. Ribeye. Ribeye for the win. Because there's absolutely no reason why you can't stay completely keto when you're on the road. No, it's absolutely true. So... Uh, that's what we're up to. Let's give away a Two Keto Dudes coffee mug to one lucky member of the 2KD fan club. So who's the winner, Carl? Today's winner is Alicia J. Bennett. Yay, Alicia! And Alicia wins a coffee mug just for being a member of the Two Keto Dudes fan club. And if you don't want to wait to win a coffee mug, you can get one online at gear.2keto.com. Right. So this is the point in the show where we read some... Uh, what do we read? That feels better. All right. So this, <laughs> uh, no. this is my job. Um, so this is from the ketogenic forum from somebody named Keto Viking. Is Keto Viking here by any chance? All right. Well, anyway, we're going to read this. And this is, uh, the, the subject is a warning. So I went out last night for a guy's night out with some longtime friends. And one is actually a mentor for me in the keto process. He's lost over 70 pounds and has the health benefits to show for it after two years of keto and some cycling in and out of this way of eating. 
The place we were eating was the first time since doing keto three months that I could find nothing on the menu worth eating. My buddy asked if I had done a carb cycle yet, and I obviously haven't. I've been strictly keto since day one, and I've lost 38 pounds in the interim. He explained to me that having one big cheat meal is kind of like throwing gasoline on the already lit keto fire. So chicken and waffles, some spicy syrup, and eight hours of carb drunken slumber. And this morning, I literally feel like I've been hit by a truck. (laughs) Anybody had that experience besides me? Yeah. I'm super cranky, lethargic, and hungover feeling. I just want to click my heels and go back to how I felt yesterday at 6 p.m. So a word for your newbies. If a handsome gentleman stops you on the street corner and tries to sell you carb cycling, don't buy it. I'm not downing carb cycling if done properly. Just saying that reintroducing carbs even one time for me was a huge shock to the system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you can clap. The Keto Viking. Sorry, Keto Viking, that you had to go through that, but it gave us a good story for our show. So that, that hopefully will be a cautionary tale for other people. Yeah. Uh, okay, now we're going to get to the meat of the show, which is our interview with Tara Finnerty. And Tara, go ahead. That's fine. And Tara is a registered dietitian and ketogenic specialist working with children and adults interested in adopting a well-formulated ketogenic lifestyle. Over the past seven years, Tara has primarily worked with children utilizing nutritional ketosis for treatment of refractory epilepsy and other various disorders of metabolism. Tara has been trained by leading ketogenic experts from the Charlie Foundation and Johns Hopkins, in addition to receiving certificates of training from various workshops on ketogenic therapies. Recognizing the lack of nutritional guidance in this field, Tara has expanded her role into private practice as owner of Sugar House Nutrition, LLC, My Fat-Fueled Life, offering consultation services and workshops for clients and healthcare professionals. She also writes content for hiptoketo.com, that's with the number two, and has been interviewed on several local media stations and podcasts, striving to correct misinformation surrounding the evidence-based uses of nutritional ketosis. Tara's mission is to help bring cutting-edge, evidence-based nutrition science to practical and sustainable applications. Let's give her another round. Tara Finnerty. Hi, Tara. Hi. I love evidence-based. Yes. Because... People are, they want short, quick answers. Should I eat this? Can I eat that? Can I eat this? And I'm like, I don't know. Get one of these, yeah. you know? They're evidence-based. That's what yeah. I think keto is, yeah. really. It's yeah. just science-based eating. When you first became a dietitian, were you a normal oh, dietitian? Yeah. So <laughs> no, I love tell that us did that. <laughs> how, the, how did you transition from that to keto? Was that you went keto and went, oh my goodness? Or tell us a little bit about how that worked, how you moved from mainstream to this weird way of eating. Right. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I get asked quite a bit because um, it's kind of unusual to find a dietitian who is willing to step outside the box. Um, And really, I didn't really seek it out intentionally. I actually just applied for a job at Primary Children's Hospital as an outpatient dietitian, actually not even knowing it was for ketogenic. And um, there wasn't really, well, there was no training in school. And I really had to go through quite a big learning curve, Um, uh, you know, intensive study on my own and, again, going to various workshops. Um, But, you know, in my frame of thinking, it was like, this is a diet for epilepsy. That's it. 
And so, you know, I've even canceled, you know, people who come to me even a couple years after saying, oh, what do you think about the ketogenic diet for weight loss? And I'd be like, no, it's unsustainable. You know, and you know, I'll admit that I said that, but it was just like, no, that's, that's a medical diet for kids with seizures. And then, you know, after more and more research and kind of digging into it, and actually even personally um, seeing that I was following all the the guidelines that I was taught and teaching other people, and I was putting on weight, and I was exercising harder, but the weight was still coming on, and I'm like, you know, this this is ridiculous. I mean, and so, you know, I started digging more into the science of ketone metabolism and how it actually okay, let's look at this. What's actually happening in the body? What are ketones actually doing? And I'm, it was just like this light bulb aha moment and, you know, and studying Jeff Volick and his work. And, um, and then finally I'm like, you know what, we're going to do it. And my husband was on board as well. And we both did it. And I, I followed it as if I was counseling a parent who has a child with epilepsy. Cause I knew, you know, if anything, I, it will make me a better dietitian. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, it, and then, you just couldn't deny it after that. The energy, um, you know, my husband himself was just like, weight loss or not, I would never go back because how, you know, incredible you feel. And I'm like, you know, I gotta, I gotta continue to help people with this and just realizing nobody's getting help out there and right. people are just doing this on their own. Um, and often do it very wrong. And it, and, and then they, they quit, right? Because they don't know how to do it. They don't know that to add sodium and salt and all these things that really make you successful. And they're just going off, you know, their coworkers and friends and just like, oh, I'm just low carb. I'm keto and thinking it's healthy when necessarily that may not be the case. So that's right. kind of where it, what brought me here today. So that's very cool. Before we um, get off the epilepsy thing and the kid thing, I just want to touch basically on that because reading your bio is very interesting. Um, the, what other metabolic disorders do kids have that you treated with a ketogenic diet? Yeah. Uh, so beyond epilepsy, there's disorders called like GLUT1. And this is where um, children lack the um, enzyme that will actually help the transporter that helps trans transfer glucose glucose across a blood-brain barrier. So they can't use glucose. Wow. And the only treatment, actually the gold standard, I'm the only thing that will help them is the ketogenic diet. And so the second they have that diagnosis, we hit them with keto. Um, and they're ones too that may actually even benefit from exogenous ketones as well, um, which is, I think, a fascinating area of research. But uh, pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency, there are certain um, disorders of metabolism that just can't utilize glucose very well. And so the ketogenic diet becomes the gold standard. Yeah. Okay. So... People come to you uh, with, you know, that I want to do keto, or you maybe observe what they're doing. What is, what are the big mistakes? I mean, you mentioned salt. I, I know this is true. You know, people get hit that keto flu, and they're like, "Oh, I'm killing myself. I'm having some toast." Right? Um, uh, what other things do people do wrong in your eyes that uh, would make it easier for them? You know, I think. It, I think probably the biggest challenge I see is people are stuck in the diet mentality with keto and not looking at keto as a way of just changing the way we eat. Right. And honestly, keto or not, you know, I tell people, forget keto, go back to how we were eating 60, 70 years ago because the burden of chronic disease was mm. less than four, you know, 4% from cradle right. to grave. And now it's like more than 40% in children under 12. And it's, 
you know, it, we weren't chronically eating and um, we were cooking in the kitchen. And so really it's just, it's getting back in the kitchen. It's eating whole food. It's eating things that don't necessarily always come out of the freezer or right. fast food. And so I, I asked my clients, I, might, I want you to inconvenience yourself. It's time to inconvenience yourself. We've mm-hmm. convenienced our way to poor health. Yeah. And get back in the kitchen, get back to cooking. And so I, th- you know, they're still stuck in that diet mentality. And then, oh, okay, I went to a fast food restaurant and got a, a, you know, bunless burger and a diet Coke and yay, I'm keto and wonder why they don't feel good. And that's actually 90% of their diet. Mm. And it's like, they're not getting nourishment. They're still doing a lot of processed oils, you know, refined right. oils. I'm doing fat, but it's coming from, you know, vegetable oils. Right. And, um, when I can get them to, look at this as food as nourishment um, for their body, they start doing better and they feel better and they won't give up. Yeah. So I, I'm just to let you guys know, I don't like to rain on um, buffalo wings because I love them myself. And, you know, wings, when you get them out, is oh. one thing that we like to do once in a while. Yeah. But they are cooked in soybean oil, you know, and that you haven't lived until you've made your own baked olive oil and Parmesan, you know, and garlic uh, wings in the oven and they come out crispy and golden with all that fond on it. And they're like so much better than anything that you can get at Chili's or whatever. Absolutely. You know? But they do take a bit of effort. They do. Yeah. And, but I think we need to do that. Mm-hmm. The payoff is great though. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's only spending an hour to extra a week on a weekend and you prep for, you know, three or four days. So you're not slaving in the kitchen all day long, right. you know, every day, but just get back to eating real food, food that goes bad. That's what I tell people. It needs to, if, if it spoils, you're on the right track. Right. If it, Shop and cook in the yeah, same day. Yeah, if it lasts five years in your cupboard, yeah, maybe re- think again. So when, when you have new um, clients come to see you, what do you find is the thing that they find most difficult to, like when you present them all this and say, okay, you can't eat this, 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 what's the thing that they struggle most with in the transition? Well, you know, I really focus on instead of can't, how do we replace my, you know, it's like we're replacing, we're not restricting. Um, I think one of the biggest concrete walls that take a lot of power to break down is that wall at fat is bad for us, right? And so, and they hear me and I'm saying, okay, yeah, you, you can have the, the ribeye. <laughs> you can, you can have the fatty meats. You can get, if you like, you know, you've been eating turkey bacon forever and hate it and rather eat pork bacon, go back to the pork bacon, have the eggs. And they're just like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I'm not. I want you to do that. You'll feel better. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, I, and I'll see that they'll go home and they start kind of getting rid of the carbs and they come back and they're not, they're hungry all the time. And I'm like, well, let's, let's look at what you're doing. And I'm like, where's the fat here? Right. Oh, I thought I was adding enough. No, you're it's a not. Real yeah. Phobia for many yeah. People. Yep. And that takes a while. It takes sometimes a few months for people to get over that fear. We've, we've right. instilled, you know, the fat's the devil and we know it's not. So, so um, what do you think about, uh, people who science the, you know, what out of keto, like macro counting and, and, uh, all of that? You know, I think everybody wants, people are obsessed with numbers, my goodness, um, whether it's on the scale, tracking, and this is how I view it. It's like, well, why are we the only species on earth that need a calculator to tell us <laughs> if it's okay to eat or not eat instead of listening to our brain, right? right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. 
And, you know, we look at these healthy blue zones or populations like the Okinawa people. They're not on their MyFitnessPal entering everything in. They, they just eat food. And right. we have this obsession. And I think it's that if I get all these numbers just right, the prayers to my, you know, answers to my prayers will be made. And it's not that simple, right? We know that. Yeah. And so I teach them about carbs. I don't give them numbers on fat or protein other than let's just start with here. You know, you got to eat fat to satiation. Keep your protein where it is, and then we'll figure it out if we have to adjust later. Right. But keep your carbs between 20 and 50, depending on their, you know, where they're at. Mm. And we go from there. And if they will just count, get familiar with where the carbs are, reading labels, and then over time, you can let that go and you'll know, you'll know what foods you can eat. And that just all kind of disappears. I think humans have a history, uh, especially in the West, of wanting to uh, conquer the body with the brain. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like our, our body is naturally wrong and naturally dysfunctional. And if we didn't have this brain, oh my God, what would happen, right? I mean, we, we have to fix it. Mm -hmm. And we think that there's a magic formula to fix it yep. when indeed body knows exactly what it wants. And, and you know, I like that you say that in a way it, it, we have become dysfunctional because of the way we've eaten and insulin has triggered imbalances in our hor appetite hormones, mm -hmm. ghrelin and leptin. Mm -hmm. And we tell people, this is what dietitians teach people. They say, eat intuitively. How do you tell someone to eat intuitively if Insulin, one, that those appetite hormones are, aren't even getting into their brain. Right. My intuition eat, says I want a Snickers bar. No, I can eat two <laughs> pints of Ben and Jerry's. That's intuitively what my brain is telling me, right. you know, before keto. And honestly, I, I love the concepts of intuitive eating, mindful eating, but I, it's hard to tell someone that until they do get to keto yes. and those rebalance. And then all of a sudden they're coming to me and they're like, Oh my gosh, Tara, for the first time in my life, I finally feel in control of my appetite and it doesn't control me. And that is powerful words to a dietitian that never hear that. I've never heard that before as a dietitian until keto. And so, you know, that I th it brings so much reward and joy. And it's so exciting to see people finally connect um, with food and be able to start to trust their brain again and realize I don't need a calculator. My brain will tell me what I need to eat. Yeah, I think there's a fundamental difference between your body need, you know, telling you, in other words, you realize that your body needs to eat protein or to eat, you know, something sustainable Absolutely. and nourishing mm -hmm. and the sugar. Uh, addiction response, which oh, is yeah. kind of an addiction response. Oh, it absolutely is. And yeah. once you get rid of that, and, mm -hmm. and this is also probably a reason why people don't trust their bodies. Mm -hmm. They don't oh, trust yeah. those signals because they've led yeah. them astray. Just like, you know, someone addicted to drugs and, right. you know, an alcoholic. I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta control the addiction. And we know that, um, sugar does excite certain areas of the brain, same areas that, ex you know, cocaine and right. the dopamine Opioids. response from heroin. Um, and so there absolutely is a sugar addiction and we have to help them get through that but then things start rewiring and hormones start rebalancing and they almost feel free mm -hmm. like oh my gosh this is what living should be this is what appetite really is I don't feel like I want to rip somebody's arm off because I'm it's been an hour after eating and that's awesome anyone yeah. here relate <laughs> to what she's describing yeah yeah um, what's the hardest case maybe impossible case 
that you ever had to deal with? Um, do you know what? From being a dietitian, I'm not a physician. So it means I have to get be okay um, from a physician. And I think, and physicians are dealing with the same thing. They're trying to find dietitians that will help, you know, kind of implement science into practical application. Right. Um, but coming from a dietitian and I get someone who, you know, I'm the only ketogenic specialist that I'm aware of in, in the state of Utah, if not tri-state area. So people find me and they're like, okay, I have, I'm severely insulin dependent, type 2 diabetic, I'm um, on uh, multiple medications and they want to meet with me, uh, but their endocrinologist isn't on board and their doctor's not on board and I, I absolutely can't meet with them um, until they get that okay because it's a safety issue. And so I, I give them a list of physicians to say, okay, well, maybe here, here go find this doctor in this area and see if they'll help. So I think one of the most challenging things is just getting in to work with more challenging patients that because um, it's out of my scope and I can't manage their medications. Um, but dealing with, you know, um, people who truly do have sugar addictions, um, it's, it's hard and emotional um, eating, you know, uh, responses to food. And, you know, I also collaborate with a, a licensed clinical social worker who deals with um, carbohydrate and food addictions. And I think that's actually very important um, with, that a lot of people do need is, you know, we've grown up using food as a reward for everything. Sure. Um, you know, for good things too. Oh, I had a great day. Let's go get ice cream. Oh, I passed that test. Oh, it's a bad day. I deserve this. Let's go get, you know, and that every day is a reason to eat yeah. um, poorly. Um, and they, you know, it starts even from when they're children, their parents, you know, parents always take them out to ice cream and soothing emotion with food. Mm. And that takes a long time. And it, you know, they'll get in ketosis and they, you know, they perpetually have tried to lose weight by every type of diet. Um, and they will, they are determined and they really are highly motivated people that I work with. Um, but they do also some big stressful event will happen and it really does emotionally trigger them to eat. Yeah. Do you, do you encourage them to, um, measure, you know, themselves? Like you saw my glucometer, mm -hmm. um, which is great for diagnosing problems mm -hmm. that, you know, with food, problem foods. Yeah. Um, yes, so I, I, I think measuring, um, you know, going back to like, Tra tracking your macros, yeah, it may help in the beginning. Um, uh, I try to do away with it, but as far as with measuring um, ketones, blood ketones, I do think it can be a very useful tool mm. um, to help people. And, you know, gl yeah, glucose and ketones to get in tune with what their body's doing and how it responds. Yeah. Um, because then they can kind of really see, wow, I'm really sensitive to this. And they can, you know, adjust and it may help kind of motivate them to, right. you know. Uh, to kind of change uh, their diet and to be able to fine tune it to them. And you sort of have to have that hacking mindset, though, don't you? Like, you yeah. know, that I want to, I want to do a test. You know, most mm -hmm. people just want to eat. Yeah, they don't want to yeah. do a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like you know, right before they're going to eat something or kind of get off, get off plan, maybe is yeah. a better word. I hate yeah. using the word cheat. Um, but yeah, to get up, you know, they're like, oh, I'm just going to go. Maybe if they tracked and could see kind of where they want, maybe that would motivate them. Like, right, right. this is a bad time. I'm really stressed out. Blood sugar's already too high, even on keto because of all that stress. Yeah. Maybe, you know, hold off or choose something else. And I give them, a, you know, all my tools and strategies. Okay. Don't, 
try drinking some water, drink, get some sodium, because we know that lack of sodium sometimes right. triggers the craving for, you know, car, uh, carby things and sweet things. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe just eat something with fat in it, and that right. kills that craving. I mean, has anybody found that? Like, yeah. you, even sugar, if you eat something with fat, all of a sudden that craving is, like, gone. Pat of butter. That. Yeah, pat of butter. Yeah, there you go. It's magic. Yeah, yeah, so... Have you ever had somebody who just, their sugar just wouldn't come down no matter what they do? Yeah, and you know, this is where I I teach beyond food and that eating healthy and being healthy is so much more than just keto. And I like to use the analogy of a combination lock and there's three or four numbers, right? Keto is just one of those. It's one number, but you can't open the lock with one. And now we're talking stress. Now we're talking Sleep. Sleep. And maybe physical activity is the fourth number, right? And so, and I say that's probably the last one, on, honestly, on my list. But, you know, we were talking about sleep earlier, and um, we know sleep has such a tremendous impact on blood sugar, on appetite and cravings and weight. And it's so disregarded, though. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, okay, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And it's like, no, you don't, you don't realize. Like, you want to be successful and lose weight and feel good. You got to focus on your sleep now. So we kind of get the basics of keto to start with, and then we start working on sleep. But yeah, I get people who are doing perfect with keto. They're eating whole keto foods. Their ketones are high on the ketone meter. Um, they're walking and, you know, but all of a sudden they're just like, but I'm not losing any weight. Some even time gaining and they're like, what's going on? And even after going through, well, yeah, you're not doing too much fat because, you know, then right, the question right. comes down to calories. But um, what you come to find is, you know, maybe they're working graveyard shifts. Um, one mom had, you know, twin babies and was up all night and not sleeping um, or uh, emotional or relationship issues. Um, so not sleeping and enormous amount of stress. And I said, okay, what, maybe we, we work on just writing a plan out. Yeah. We, we can't, I can't fix your stress, but let's make a plan for strategies. And sometimes that will pull cortisol down. Mm. And so I really look at everything, the whole approach to, um, you know, being healthy and losing weight and maintaining a healthy weight is so much more than keto. And I think we often overlook those things. Um, yeah. And lack of sleep and increased stress right there can make cravings oh my gosh yeah more difficult to withstand i mean it's mu- i find it much easier to overeat even mm-hmm. keto food if i'm oh tired my gosh. yeah if my defenses are down or i'm super stressed it's just everything is easier to do the wrong thing and harder to do the right thing uh-huh. when you're tired or when you're stressed yes. and so right uh, there it yeah. can really derail you it's i a- noticed that yeah it's interesting that i've noticed that at certain times it must be like a condition because at certain times when I feel stress, you know, I'll, I'll pull out the meter and it'll go, it'll spike, you know, and other times it doesn't. And so I'm, I just don't know what the, the thing is. There must be some other factor that makes stress so toxic to blood sugar. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, kind of going back to the sleep, we're not sleeping. Our cortisol kind of permanently stays elevated during the day. Um, we know that when you don't sleep, ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone that's produced in the stomach, stays elevated. Then leptin is the hormone that tells your brain that you're full is you become leptin sensitive like you do insulin sensitive, right? Um, and so it's like this terrible double-edged sword. And so, and I've seen this even one night of sleep deprivation with myself, like, just like you were saying, Carrie, is like, I'm eating even keto foods and I can't get satiated. I'm like, I, I find my, I'm grazing on keto foods. I'm like, I can't 
get full. Yeah. Yeah. Vicious cycle. I know that Robert Lustig has done research that found that insulin blocks leptin. And so leptin is what tells you I'm full, stop Mm -hmm. eating. Mm -hmm. So when your insulin is high, you're hungry because probably your blood sugar is high. Yeah. You're eating and you, and this is why people, I don't know if you've had this experience, but you can eat an entire pepperoni pizza or pizza like oh, a yeah. large pizza yeah be full stuffed yeah. like hurting your gut hurts uh-huh. it's so full and you're still hungry yes what is up with that isn't it and we've all felt that i think yeah. and i see that a lot with many of my clients or patients is they'll be like tara i physically feel full i know i've eaten a lot of food I don't feel satiated yep. and they really have a leptin resistance is yeah. what's going on. And leptin is really actually high, which you would think, you know, people like, well, high leptin means you should feel full, but it's like, no, the signal, just like insulin resistance is not Locked. getting to their brain. And it's like, okay, well, hey, you're on the right track with keto, but now we got to work on, you know, some of the stress, the sleep, mm. and they'll notice they don't feel quite as hungry the next day if we can really get some better quality sleep. What about yeah. fasting? Uh, love it. You do that with your patients too? Um, yep. I usually don't hit them hard out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop eating. Hi, yeah. I'm Tara. Stop eating. Um, some people, if I even mention fasting or, you know, people call it the, the other F word, they're like, okay, we're not, don't worry, we're not going to talk about that yet. And they yeah. know it's coming at some point. You can just see the sweat beating. And it's like, no, we're not ready yet. We're not ready. It's okay. Um, but I usually, you know, start approaching the talk. Uh, topic of fasting when I find they already naturally start doing it you know it's like mm. oh I'm eating breakfast yeah I'm not hungry in the morning so I'm eating two hours later and I'm like guess what you're intermittent fasting or time restricted eating and they're like it's not even that hard anymore right. and I say okay how about push it a couple more hours and so mm. we just focus on gently easing into time restricted eating and intermittent fasting and then I start talking a little more about the science of it and say okay maybe try 24 depending mm-hmm. on how you feel and we're really focusing on listening to their body right. um, my max is three days that I did and I'm I'm my goal is to get to five days but you know I, I listened to my body I stopped and um, and that's I think what's important but I man mm-hmm. I think it's a wonderful tool yeah so I got a tip for y'all um, Everybody that I talk to says hour 18 is the hardest hour, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a thing. Hour 18 is sort of when well, your glycogen is depleted and your, you know, your body's mm-hmm. looking for more energy and it can't fi- quite find it. Yeah. So, uh, if you make your meal like dinner, the last meal before a fast, and guess when hour 18 is going to be the next day, mm-hmm. you're going to be hungry. Ah, uh, so, yeah. but if you make breakfast your last meal, Hour 18 is going to be when you're sleeping. sleeping. When you're sleeping. Ooh, I like that and you strategy. You sleep through it. Yeah. And when you wake up, you're not hungry. And I've done that over and over again, and it works really and well. And you, you're, I, you know, that's a good point because I think most of us, including myself, usually start after dinner. Yep. And I like that strategy. Um, the yeah, easy I love that. bits when you're yeah, asleep. Yeah. You want to make the hard bit when you're yep. asleep. Yeah, I, I definitely found after that second day towards the end, it was getting easier. Yes. Um, yeah. So if you can kind of just, but and fluids and electrolytes. I mean, yeah. I, I do, I'm one, I do think you need to drink a lot of water and I do a lot of salt and notice that kills a lot of even tea. But, I live um, on fasting yeah. drops. Keto chow, fasting drops. I'll have to try those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a great strategy, and I just kind of let people figure it out or ease into it when they're ready instead yeah. of, yeah, bringing it up too quickly. Yeah. Scares them away. <laughs> so what's in your inbox? What are you going to do after you leave here? Um, probably go home and cook a 
salmon. I'm a big fan of uh, grilled nice. salmon. Got some fresh Alaskan salmon. So grilled salmon, I like to just put something like pesto or in roasted vegetables. My go-to is just a protein and a vegetable and yep. throw some olive oil or butter on top. And, so give, yeah. give me the elevator picture on why we all need to eat salmon. Uh, salmon is very high in omega threes, especially if you can, you know, get your hands over the wild caught fresh Alaskan salmon. That's where you're going to get a little bit higher omega three than omega sixes. Omega threes decrease inflammation. Omega sixes increase inflammation. Um, and, uh, yeah, just so high in nutrients and, uh, naturally high in fat, which we love those, yeah. um, natural fat foods very filling and antioxidants and all that stuff. So honestly, it's like if you eat salmon, you don't even have to really add much fat. I tell people just yeah. the ribeye, the salmon, the yeah. eggs, you got your fat there. Cause you, you know, don't you find people are like, well, how do I add all that fat? And I'm like, mm. you really don't have to just kind of focus on naturally fatty pieces of food and proteins and you'll be fine. So yeah. I've got to tell you all, it's like we planned this because the recipe I'm going to share in a minute is salmon. And we, we didn't even know that before. Perfect, yeah. That's uh, awesome. Well, I'll Yay. have to look at Maybe I'll try your recipe tonight. Excellent. Well, thank you, Tara. Let's yeah. give one more hand to Tara Finnerty. All right, Carrie, it's time for you to give us your... Recipe! I love you guys. I They're do, on my side. I do have a recipe. Not all of them are on your <laughs> no, side. No, not all of them. I have mail yes. saying, please don't ever do that. Don't give in. Don't give in. <laughs> so I'm resisting for one more week. Very I good. do have a recipe. And it is salmon, which was like, thank you for unknowingly just playing into that. So it's a, it's very fast. It's very simple. And it's called, you can find the recipe up on my blog at carrybrown.com. I'll also post the link in the show notes. So if you're driving when you're listening to this, you do not have to stop and write it down. <laughs> so it's called Cheesy Salmon Pots. Super easy, something that you can make ahead, have in the fridge, grab when you're hungry and you don't have time to make anything. Great. So what you're going to need is one cup or eight fluid ounces of chicken stock, two teaspoons of gelatin, the powdered gelatin, six ounces of canned salmon, four ounces or 110 grams of cream cheese, sea salt and ground black pepper. And after going to the salt mines yesterday, I'm like Redmond Real Salt all the way. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, ground black pepper, three teaspoons of lemon juice and half an ounce or 15 grams of fresh chives, which you're going to finely chop. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to pour the stock into a small pan and sprinkle the gelatin evenly over the surface. And you're going to leave that to soften for five minutes, or the technical term for that is bloom. Mm -hmm. You're going to, once you've done that, once the gelatin is softened into the stock, you're going to gently warm the stock and gelatin until the gelatin has completely dissolved. Then you're going to remove that from the heat and set aside. In a separate bowl, you're going to blend the salmon and the cream cheese together well. You're going to add your Redmond Real Salt and your black pepper, your lemon juice and your chives. Mix it together well. Then you're going to pour the warm stock into the salmon mixture. Mix it very well until it's completely combined. Mm. Then you're going to spoon that mixture into dishes and put in the fridge for at least four hours to set. And then you will have instant 
awesome keto salmon fast food in your fridge, which you can grab and go. You can eat it on its own. You can add a, a salad. If you like to have some, some green leafy vegetables, you can do it with a salad. Um, a couple of recipe tips. It's much easier to, cre to mix the cream cheese if it's been out of the fridge for several hours. Mm. Or what I like to do is I'll take the cream cheese out of the fridge the night before, then I'll make this in the morning, and it'll be super soft and super easy to mix up. Yeah. If you... Um, don't get the cream cheese out. You're going to have to beat the Dickens out of it when it comes to blend it with the salmon. So trust me when I tell you that letting it warm up for a bit out of the fridge will make life a lot easier for you. That's great. Um, don't try and use dried chives in this recipe because you will be sad because very different experience to fresh chives in this particular recipe because it's not actually cooked. Um, different stocks and broths that you might use have different levels of salt added so you may want to taste and adjust accordingly before you add the salt in so you can test for yourself the level of salt that you need. And mm. so that's your yummy Sammy re salmon recipe for today. And we will put the link in the show notes so Very you can good. look at the pretty pictures and read all the directions. I know Carrie hates substitutions. <laughs> she absolutely hates it when people say, can you do this instead? Oh. But... <laughs> If you were so inclined, by the way, I like the fact that canned salmon, because it's accessible and everybody can go get it. Yep. But if you wanted to grill your own fresh salmon, I imagine it would be yeah. just as delicious. Yeah. Maybe. Or, or tuna. If you prefer yeah. tuna, you could also use canned tuna yeah. instead of the salmon. Or even smoked salmon, which goes really well with uh, But it is cheese. super delicious with the canned salmon. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. If you have anything you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something you don't agree with, some more research that you found to support or refute anything we've said, send it by email to dudes at twoketodudes.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Two Keto Dudes. Make sure to use the hashtag Two Keto Dudes. And of course, if you want to join the free ketogenic forum, go to forum.twoketo.com. And you can have a look around the forum without having to create an account by starting with success.twoketo.com. Also, check out our Facebook group, The Keto Kitchen, if Facebook is your thing. And if you feel like supporting our forums and all the podcasts we produce, please consider making a monthly pledge on our Patreon page at patreon.2keto.com. For those of you who pledge $20 or more per month, you will have access to an exclusive Facebook group, 2 Keto Dudes Gold. And we also have a free Facebook fan page at fb.2keto.com, so go follow us there. And you can see our podcasts and other videos on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com. And if you haven't already, please go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that's how new people get to know about what we do. Two Keto Dudes is brought to you by Two Keto LLC, who strives to support the low-carb community with podcasts and other publications. Ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. Keep calm and keto on. Yep. Keep calm and keto on. And we'll see you next time on Two, Two Keto, keto Dudes. Dudes.